0: Dawn and Steve are here, and Adam Griffin, moody author of When Wrong Seems Right, a Bible study designed to help kids make good choices. As they explore, Proverbs is with us. Got ideas to help children make good choices? Call or text 800-555-7899
1: could all use some help with that. Making good choices, looking at the world. We realize that all the wrong right now is being embraced as right. It just seems so anyway. I think there's more reality than ever before. I was thinking about what we were talking about last night and my times have been a changing. But we've been saying that from yesteryear Our parents said that, our parents' parents said that. But now we have opportunity to, you know, lead the next generation. And as a pastor, Adam, I know that is your heart. And as the host of a podcast that helps families do that, the Family Discipleship Podcast, have you really gotten parents saying to you, my kids are not ready to study the Bible yet? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, they say that all the time. Same. It doesn't matter what age they are. Yeah, we have kids uh, of all ages whose parents say, yeah, not yet. And I think a lot of that's the intimidation factor for parents, where they're saying, I, I don't know my Bible well uh, mm-hmm. enough, and which really, we always try to encourage them. It, it takes studying your Bible with your kids, not necessarily for your kids. You know, you don't have to be a an expert theologian to disciple your children. You have to be a disciple, which means you're a person who's repentant and learning yourself all the time.
0: And and what a great way to model for our kids. You know, it's it's one thing for us to say, hey, Johnny or Julie or whatever, go do this. It's another thing for us to walk alongside them and to show and to learn together. And so is that kind of how you're hoping that people will use when wrong seems right?
2: Well, yeah, I think there's there's really three ways you can use it. One, you can put it in the hands of a kid who maybe is brand new to the Bible or is ready in your mind to start studying the Bible for themselves. Certainly, parents can do it alongside their kids as well, or you could have your kid doing it on your own and you doing it on your own and comparing notes. And I think there's a couple ways to do that. All of them are great, and you can switch back and forth, maybe even per lesson. But the whole point is to get families in the Bible together. That's what we want, because we want these kids knowing, like you said already, Don, in a world that has really con- convincing lies, in a world that seems right. Which the Proverbs say that. That's where the title comes from. There's going to be ways that seem right, but they And lead to death. And so we're trying to help equip kids to distinguish and discern between what God has said and what maybe culture or their friends or anything else might say. And obviously, I'd love parents to do that alongside their children.
1: Adam Griffin is with us today as we talk about a Bible study based in the Proverbs When Wrong Seems Right, a kid's Bible study on making good choices. And this is what I love about it because it is written for kids. But oftentimes, when we'll have a resource like this, Adam, we say, listen, we don't have to be intimidated as parents. We don't even, I mean, we can confess to our kids, listen, I'm going to come alongside you because I want to get into the Proverbs as well. And this is a great place to start. Or we can just do it. We don't have to necessarily confess. We're not being dishonest. We're just entering into it. Like you said, being willing to be a disciple. And I love resources like this. When a parent picks it up, what can they expect?
2: Well, you can expect a couple of things. First of all, there's going to be one proverb for every lesson. There's 40 lessons. And from that proverb, then we'll ask a series of questions. The first question, well, we'll give a little illustration to give some color to it. And then the first question is always something that paints the parents in a good light. So uh, if it's a question about virtue, it'll be, hey, when have you seen your parents display this virtue? Or uh, what is your... uh, Last night, my kids and I were going through one of the Proverbs, and we were talking about how wisdom is a treasure, and the question we went over is, what have you seen uh, your parents teach you that is truly valuable? And so we walked through that together, and then from those questions, we also get kids studying the Bible, so we always have a cross-reference from a proverb to the New Testament that helps paint that same picture. So last night, we're talking about the Pearl of Great Price and how... Christ talked about the kingdom of God being extremely valuable. And how does that connect with this proverb that says a wisdom is a treasure and and those things kind of knit together to help them understand the Bible uh, interprets the Bible. That's how we understand what the Bible says, and, and it also helps them paint a bigger picture of what God has done. And then from that, they ask some you know, Bible study-type questions to help them learn how to study the Bible for themselves, how to ask questions of it, how to see the Bible help answer those questions, and it's all done in an age-appropriate level. It's aimed at 8 to 12-year-olds, so it should be accessible for anybody 8 years old and up. So whether you're a brand-new believer and you're an adult who's trying to learn the bible for yourself or you've got kids or grandkids that are 8 to 12 years old our aim was for that void where there's just not a lot of resources for that age group. So you can expect it to be accessible and getting kids studying the Bible together.
0: Well, we want our kids to be in the Word of God, right? Sometimes they don't know how to do it, so this would be a tool that could help them learn to open the Bible for themselves. When Wrong Seems Right, a kid's Bible study on making good choices. And we're going to come back and continue the conversation with Adam coming up in just a few moments on Moody Radio. And we've got Adam Griffin with us. He is the lead pastor of Eastside Community Church in Dallas, host of the Family Discipleship Podcast, and a dad himself, three boys. And so, uh, Adam, as you you know sat, sat down to uh, write, When Wrong Seems Right, a kid's Bible study on making good choices, I would imagine uh, as a dad you're thinking, man, th- these uh, are some scenarios that maybe hit a little bit close to home. Uh, h- how much did your family life kind of play into uh, some of the examples and stories that you uh, laid out for us in this discipleship book?
2: Uh, it, it was a ton. Thanks, Steve. That's exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Like I thought about it. First of all, I think about it. What do I want my sons to garner from the Proverbs, right? And much more than we were put in this book. I mean, every proverb is applicable to my family, but you know, a lot of the illustrations I thought through are what are the stories I would tell my children about this and where would I illustrate this and how would I make this point? And then how do I, you know, making it age accessible as well. I'm thinking through what can my boys handle in studying the Bible for themselves and where do I want to challenge them and push them? So my family is intertwined, you know, uh, inextricably from this work.
1: Now, how time. old are your kids, Adam?
2: Uh, they are 12, 10 and 8. So they are like right in the, the sweet spot for mm-hmm. this book.
1: And have yeah. they been influenced by the world, like you know, social media, things like that? because when wrong seems right, it, it, it's we understand more and more that we're accepting that kind of thinking when sure. we're influenced so heavily by the world. and that comes largely when we're online,
2: yeah. You know, with our family, we don't give our kids access to the internet unattended. We don't give our kids phones. they're they're eight, ten, and twelve. But, uh, you can you can do whatever you want with your children. That doesn't mean their peers are going to have the same rules, and oh, so yeah. they are still like we still do trainings we do once a month with my kids where I sit down and we have particular talks about things like that. And uh, they certainly have friends that have unfettered access to things like YouTube and Instagram and while or texting even. My kids aren't texting. And that is a huge deal, just the ability to send pictures and messages back and forth with classmates. I could not have handled that at their age. So I still think back and go, what would I have done? It would not have gone well. So it's very easy for me. In fact, one of the lessons we talk about in this book is the proverb it's one of my favorites is can a man hold a fire close to his chest and not get burned which uh, we talk about in that kind of an age appropriate version of addressing things like pornography, social media, you know, eating disorder, ideas that come from the internet and go, can you really have something that maybe most of the world would think is harmless and not be harmed by it if the Lord has warned you against it? And then the truth is, if God's told us it's a bad idea, I can promise you it's going to do damage. And so you can't hold that close to your chest and not be
0: burned. And that's the way we think about a lot of technology. Yeah, that's the way we think about technology. And, and with technology um, comes these constant bombardment of, of messaging. And so I love the fact that with intentionality, Adam, you're, you're pushing back. And, you know, as you think about the landscape that our kids are growing up in today, do you find that as families begin to do this and begin to talk about it, the kids actually are kind of receptive to the message of the Proverbs?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I've had several parents come up to me in the last couple of weeks even and say, some of them with very low expectations, put this in their kids' hands and said, hey, you know, uh, I know the guy who wrote this. And they just gave him a book that I happened to write, and they just happened to be friends. And then they were shocked to see their kids going through it. Some of them told me their kids came back to them and said, this has really challenged me, or this has been so good for me. Or You'd be surprised, because that are eight to 12-year-old they're, they're used to people lowering the bar for them. So for somebody to say, hey, here's a Bible study you can do for themselves, some of them have been really honored by that to say, oh, I didn't know that I was kind of allowed or invited into this adult club of people who seek God for themselves. I thought I was kind of always under, under my parents for that. Mm-hmm. And so to challenge these kids, I, it's been really well received by a lot of the kids in this age group.
1: That is such a beautiful thing, trusting our kids or uh, sending that message to them by giving them a Bible study. And I think when I, I'm wrestling in my mind over conversations that I've had with different folks and and wondering about when the, the onslaught of the world has kind of taken up residence in us. And that's why I ask about the social media presence and great, great that you have kept them uh, at least on the home front from uh, having access to that uh, unguarded. However... Yeah. When the lies of the enemy start to infiltrate the church, they infiltrate our minds and our hearts. And we as adults and then our kids, because they're picking up on it as well, it it kind of becomes a desensitized zone. And then we pick up God's word and we're challenged by it. And we realize, yeah, if you hold it close to the chest, you're going to get burned. But I haven't got burned yet. So I think I'm going to let this ride until, right. like, what would your challenge be as a pastor to say, hold up, time out, we've gotta take the word seriously.
2: Amen, well, that's that's the root of the whole study, right? Uh, the Proverbs are built on this idea that I don't trust in my own heart, I trust in the Lord with all my heart and strength, and, and that's where I lean, that's where I put my own understanding, and, and there's a way that's gonna seem right to me, but in the end, it leads to death, so it's not hard to take, is to start with the Proverbs and say, can I trust God or my own heart? Can I trust my circumstances? Can, Like, in fact, what you're pointing to, Don, is evidence of sin in my heart. We talk about this with our kids all the time. When sin delights me, what does that tell me about my heart? When stealing feels good or lying and getting away with it feels like a relief, or when lust satisfies something in me, what does that tell me about my heart? If God warned me against it, and I can trust God, and yet I disobey Him, and it's a delight to me, What does that tell me about my heart? It tells me that it is wicked and it needs rescue. And so we point kids not only to proverbs that are kind of um, behavioral or moral, this is wrong, this is right, but also to grace. Because all of us need uh, the the proverb that says, he who confesses and forsakes his sin will obtain mercy. That guys, we can recognize in ourselves what God has warned us against, even if it's been a delight to you and say, I need to confess, I've been running in something and I want to forsake it. I want to quit it. And the good news of the gospel is those people will obtain mercy.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, look at the beauty of talking about God's Word. How much more studying God's Word, especially with our kids, when wrong seems right. It's a kid's Bible study on making good choices. Adam Griffin taking you to the Proverbs. And my favorite statement is, as we are willing to be disciples, we can all learn from studying God's Word. We do have this connected to our Facebook page, Don and Steve of the morning. Bible study, if that's the key word you send, we'll send you the link to this book as well because of a great resource we want to get in your hands don and steve in the morning yeah you can do that i hope you will and if you haven't liked to follow along that you'll do that hey there's a youtube channel instagram Briggsy keeps up with all that (laughs) thankfully he does i got i got the facebook page unless i'm out right like i uh was a week or so ago yeah when traveling with India partners we probably
0: had fewer facebook posts than normal. <laughs> I tried to keep most of the stuff up there but yeah, I'm, I'm sure I didn't do the job that you typically do.
1: I uh, I did go on Wednesday of that week to facebook and of course we were 11 and a half hours different. Right. So it was at night I knew Moody Tunes was happening, and I wanted to hear, and so I went to Facebook, thinking maybe Steve could do it. It's it's an awful lot for one person to do Facebook Live and the interview and all the things. If there's two of us, we can kind of divide and conquer.
0: So, I'm having this internal debate right now. Oh yeah, should I admit this on the air or not? I think you but should. That is my form of protest. That I will not pull out my iPhone and hold that in front of the guests that we have in studio here to get that on Facebook Live.
1: Okay, I take it back. Don't, don't admit that. Okay.
0: <laughs> that is my form of, of protest. I get it. Radio is moving in a direction where cameras are being put in studios, and that is going to be happening here in the future. I, I understand that. Uh-huh. We're moving that direction. I originally dabbled in both television and radio. Oh. Realized I didn't like TV uh-huh. because the whole camera thing went all in on radio. <laughs> and then it's getting up. The cameras are now invading the uh, the radio studios, which is fine. it's It's the way we're going.
1: as long as you don't have to hold it.
0: Exactly. yeah. so if we want to live stream on Facebook and YouTube and do this and video for that and whatever, I get it. It's the world we live in now, and we're going to do what we need to do. However, I'm not going to pull out my personal iPhone and sit there holding that while my shoulder is on fire while whomever happens to be in studio with us sings. You just have to build up the muscle, you dude. you got the guns to do it. <laughs> I guess you you got the, the muscles to do that. Uh, but I'm like, no, if, if we're going to live stream that, I'll wait till the st- camera is in studio and then we'll happily live stream that.
1: Well, I do see that our engineer and Briggs are working on that. They are installing the
0: cameras, cameras now. Are, yeah. It took you being gone two times <laughs> and me refusing to do it. Well, i can leave again? Now cameras are moving into the studio.
1: I can leave again if that helps, you know, get us a step forward on the things that unfortunately just need to happen if folks are going to stay connected because... Uh, if you can't can, it's such a weird thing. Isn't it, I mean, isn't technology like this weird thing when it invades the space of something that had its own technology, but now has to invite in new technology to keep it viable. In other words, radio. Radio's yep. always had its it's it's like this amazing thing that we've had around for hundreds of years and now Right. At least over 100. uh, Yeah. Over 100 years, especially for Moody Radio. Moody Radio has been here over 100, uh, 100 years. And then you see new technology come in that others embrace. And you think, oh, in order to keep this viable, you have to add in the newer things because you're able to see just about anything. You're able to connect a picture and a face and and the antics of how people do what they do. And I think most all radio shows, most, have cameras in the studio. So we're not surprised that they are coming. Oh, no. Tomorrow, they will not be live yet. So I will bring my muscles and my personal iPhone and get Jason Crabb live streaming on our Facebook page Lord willing, in the creek don't rise, that I am here tomorrow.
0: Well, I hope that you are here tomorrow yeah. because if we we're going to be uh, live donate. streaming on Facebook, it's going to be you. And yes, Karen, appreciate your text this morning. Now you know why you couldn't watch the last Moody Tunes. <laughs> That's right. That was my form of, of silent protest. Well, she's <laughs> like, applauding
1: you. Karen, you said good job, Steve. Well,
0: Karen, I, I appreciate that. And now when we do Moody Tunes in the future, we will have cameras. <laughs> that you don't have to hold don well, that'll be diff- different. Right?
1: I, I would say you have to use what you have, and that's what we do here at Moody Radio. We use what we have. That's true. And that is my phone, and, and that has worked. I even talked Ben into letting me get a new phone. It did take, I mean, he, he was supportive of that, but I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, but I wanted the better camera quality because of what we do here in the studio, and so when I finally, it was really not talking him into it, it was talking myself into it, but when I finally Finally, did make the leap. I was glad because the camera does make a big difference. It is a nice camera. It it yep. helps, in whether it's taking pictures of my kids or here in the studio. But yes, if if all is well in my world tomorrow, I'll be right here. Jason is going to be our guest. 8 o'clock Central will be Moody Tunes. And you should be able to watch it on our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the Morning, as well as hear it on Moody Radio. And if you miss it, if... It's all technology works. You can go back to Facebook later, or you can go to dawnandsteve.org, and when we get that audio posted, you can listen through the Moody Radio app or there online. See? Modern technology.
0: Yeah. Modern technology will bring you audio and video in the days to come.
1: Well, I have to give a little shout out to my hometown. Why is that? Well, I was there over the weekend. Berea. Berea, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yes, it's small town. I don't even know what the population is now. It's a college town. It's just south of Lexington, Kentucky.
0: You got to stop later, too?
1: Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, Right on I-75. And back in the day, we used to say there was 10,000. But I noticed through the years that people still said 10,000. So whether people came and went, I don't don't really know. But it's not that huge of a town. And the way it's laid out, there's kind of a main artery through. They're making a bypass around, which is so... Wow to okay. me But this artery through town has a speed limit it depends on what part of it you're on But it's probably 25, 30 miles an hour And because it takes you right through What we call um, Uptown, downtown, I don't know Where Boone Tavern Historic Hotel okay. Is, it's kind of in the heart of the campus there at Berea College um, People really do pay attention to the speed limit
0: They drive the speed limit there I. That means the cops must be Busting people and pulling them over When they really are speeding
1: And and because we have an influx of folks That will come in for the arts and crafts They're very well known for arts and crafts And there are different festivals That happen in the area I am just always amazed I really noted it this past weekend though When I went to see my mom And I noted it because (laughs) (laughs) i was i had to run through the bank and the folks were with me and i was gonna pull out onto this main artery and the traffic was stopped at the stoplight and so a guy just was like you can come on out you know there's a couple cars behind him and i'm looking at the oncoming traffic and i'm looking and i'm like well because they're going the speed limit i can make it now is it going to be a little tight? Yeah, it's going to startle him because he couldn't see me the way this particular layout was of okay. of the parking lot and the car is small, etc. I thought, it's going to startle this driver, but he's not going to hit me because yeah. he's going the speed limit. And it just made me, so I did, I pulled out, <laughs> I did pull out, and I waved, and I moved on up the road so he wouldn't have to, because what is that when you pull out in front of somebody and then you, like, go 10 miles an hour.
0: Oh, that drives me nuts. I,
1: I did not do that okay, good. to him. I may have surprised him, but I, I did not slow down. I did go the speed limit, though, because that is the That's norm do in there. my town. And I was just so proud of everybody because it did keep traffic moving, not quickly, but there weren't accidents. You had time to pull out of a parking lot. You could, like, tell what people were going to do because they honored the speed limit. It All was an anomaly.
0: So... That tells me a couple of things, and one of them I already kind of acknowledged. One is that the cops probably do pull people over when they do do. see them speeding Mm -hmm. a lot. So, and it's become the norm there. The other thing that tells me is you've not had the influx in Berea of all the people from all over the country who have decided Berea is going to be the next hot spot in the country where we're going to settle. You not had all the uh, people from New York, New Jersey, and Chicago mm-hmm. and California say we're going to invade Berea because man does that ever cause problems? Or you have these collisions of yes. driving styles that actually lead to literal collisions on the roadways.
1: They do. I mean, Berea will bring people in from out of town, out of state, because of the college. By and large, though, lots and lots of local folk because you just you're born and raised there. And a lot of times you don't leave because that's your community. That's what you know. It's who you know. And it is a who you know kind of town. You know, I I, because my daddy was a state farm agent there. We knew a lot of folks and you very much could see that it's your relationships and connections. And I, I totally understand that. Um, but the folks from out of town, I think, based on what you're saying, because I've seen the police, Berea police sit up there on the main and watch for folks at twenty five miles an hour, so it's easy to catch you, yeah, I think you have to kind of absorb into the culture pretty quickly when it comes to driving.
0: I would imagine so, mm-hmm. otherwise, you're making a lot of people angry and could get expensive too
1: yep and and you just learn yeah. you're not you're on a Sunday drive every day, like don't get in a hurry,
0: oh. There's a part of that that sounds so appealing and it's a part of that you. would just drive me kind of crazy Because I've been conditioned after living in the Chicago area for so long And even now here in the Nashville area of uh, If there is open space between you and the car in front of you You need to be closing that gap, <laughs> closing that space
1: We can recondition you I'm going to send you to Berea, Kentucky for a month And we're going to help you out, brother Okay it, It's Actually, it's good for your bre- blood pressure it probably you, is. If you'll, if you'll, like acquiesce and join the crowd, because if you're fighting it, then your blood pressure is going to go up.